Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with episode 45 of the Tutor Podcast. The Monday morning shot of uncommon sense for people in the business of helping others through tutoring, teaching and coaching. Now, today we're going to be talking about courage, what it is and why it's important to your business. You see, I've had a number of emails from listeners asking how they can overcome their fears and take the action to get themselves and their stuff out there more. So with special mentions to Trudy, Frank, Dario and Jason, let's get cracking. First things first, guys, I feel you. I know what it's like to be paralyzed by fear. It's something I wrestle with every day. Anytime I want to try something new or ratchet up something I'm already doing, there's fear. I will take the action and do the thing. And I'll do that not because I don't have fear. I have boatloads of fear. But not doing the thing for me is way more scary than doing it. A good example is, is a couple of weeks ago I was invited on to BBC Radio Shropshire's 7 o'clock show for a live talk about learning to play the guitar. Now, fear kicked in immediately. It's kind of talks to you in the quiet and asks you daft questions like, well, what happens if you don't go over very well? And what happens if you sound like a dick on the radio? So I weighed it up. I figured out the chances of failure or perceived dickery were actually pretty low. I know my stuff and I'm proving my methods day in day out. I've been doing it for 20 years. So I weighed up the possible benefits to me and to the listeners especially, because maybe I could talk and infect one person with my passion and my enthusiasm for playing the guitar. Maybe I can get just one person to pick up a guitar and start the journey. That would have been enough. Either way, being heard by thousands of people would probably be good for business. So I figured it was worth a shot. I immediately emailed the BBC and offered to take a bunch of guitars into their studio so I could demonstrate their sounds and discuss the merits of each type of guitar, acoustic, bass, electric, classical, and so on. Now we did the show. I got about 40 minutes on air, sharing my passion and improvising some demonstrations on the show. That fear that I had was unfounded. The host was great, and I suspect he's going to become one of my students. And the feedback I've had from my students, friends and family was that they loved it, that I went over very well, and they thoroughly enjoyed it. Frankly, I enjoyed it too. I came out of there absolutely buzzing. I can't wait to do it again. But was I afraid? Hell yeah. But I knew that if I didn't do the show, I'd miss out on a chance to maybe help someone else, to get someone else playing. I'd also lose the position in the status of being on the Beeb as their guitar teaching expert. So I'm not immune to fear, but I'll use a few strategies to bypass it or sidestep it in some way. Now, 
I guess that for both for both you and I, then the fear is going to show up whenever we really want to break new ground, maybe launch a new product, adopt a new approach, step up and take some action, or actually put yourself in a position where you could be judged by other people. Pretty much anything that we do that will move us from our current state to a higher state will generate some fear. It's what Steve Pressfield referred to as resistance in his books, Do the Work and the War of Art. You see, fear is always there. It's trying to keep us safe. It's trying to prevent us from harm and risk and social ostracism and judgment of others. So we all get the fear. But the question I always ask myself is, what happens if I don't do this? I'll try and think rationally about it. If I can't do a rational sidestep, I'll try and generate some emotional pulse that will overrule the fear. For me, I think fear is like kryptonitis to Superman or maybe garlic to Dracula. It's the greatest adversary. I believe that fear imprisons us as we are and then waits for us to die. It's a bit of a swine like that. Dealing with the dread and liberating ourselves from the fear is where the courage actually comes in. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is the ability to act even in the face of fear. Now, strong will or sufficient motivation will provoke you to take the action in spite of whatever fear you're feeling. You've got to face down your fear, or better still, harness it, make it your slave, strap a saddle on it and ride it. Use it to drive you along. That's what courage is all about. Look your fear in the eye and say, to hell with you, and take the bloody action. Take the very action the fear was trying to divert you from. And I promise you this, the more significant the more worthwhile and the more meaningful the activity is that you're about to embark upon, the stronger and more paralyzing the fear will be. And it goes that way because it matters to you. If it didn't matter, then it's a so what, throw away kind of thing. But if something matters to you, if your mission, your message matters, the fear will overwhelm you unless you grow a pair and take it on. That's courage. Courage is the ability to take on the 500 pound silver back that stands between you and what you really want. There's nothing else for it. We've got to get past that gorilla or we'll never start the new business, crank up the marketing, book ourselves solid, speak on stage, publish the book, or release the song. We'll never ask for the date. We'll never buy the home. The things that matter are the things that scare us most. So how can we get around the fear? Well, there's no real universal rule, because it's different for everybody. But I've trawled about and read a mountain of books, look back into my own life and the life of other people. And there are a few clues out there, a couple of tactics that you can use that helped courageous people become courageous and 
like everything else in life, success leaves clues. And there are plenty of clues. First of all, many of the courageous people had a burning sense of mission. Most commonly, they seem to be driven by the urge to help other people rather than just helping themselves. You take a look at the lives of people like Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela. They were individually courageous in the face of overwhelming odds stacked against them. And they weren't in it for the money. They were in it to make a difference to the world and to the lives of other people. They sacrificed a great deal to serve their cause, their careers, their personal freedom, relationships. They even risked their own lives. But they did it because the benefits they saw were worth every moment of sacrifice and toil. Now, maybe we're not Mandela or Gandhi or Mother Teresa or any of the great, great historical leading figures. Maybe we're not Martin Martin Luther King. But don't we have a mission? Why are we here if we're not around as tutors to help other people? then why are we here? We're not doing it for the money, are we? There are plenty of jobs that pay more. If it was all about the money, you'd be doing one of those jobs. So I think we should maybe put our own fears into some kind of perspective, guys. Let's say we've written a book. I can tell you about this from first-hand experience because I've written a couple. It's a good book. It's packed full of some of your best material and it's of genuine value to anyone who buys it. It's your message to the world. And somewhere out there in the world, someone is waiting for that message. But the problem is, you get afraid to publish the book. Deep down inside, you fear it's not perfect and that someone will pick up on the imperfections and lambast you. Perhaps they'll even denounce you as the charlatan that you undoubtedly are. Now, you've poured hundreds of hours into that book. You've conceived a notion, you've captured a scintilla of imagination and nurtured it, nourished it with the energy of your mind, and now it needs to be rid of you so it can go out into the world to find the people who need it. The only thing stopping it is you. You're afraid that someone's going to judge you negatively or you're terrified of receiving a negative review so you don't publish One thing you can be sure of is this. Until you push the big red button marked publish, you're safe. Hitting that button exposes you to scrutiny for better or worse. But here's the thing. There are no snatch squads of goons ready to swoop on you if you publish a less than perfect book. Nothing bad will happen. As fearful as you are, this is not life or death for you. When you push the button, all you'll hear is your own heart pounding and the rest is silence. The very first time I published a book, I was expecting someone to come knocking on the door within five minutes and cart me off to the funny farm for having the balls, the gojones, the hubris to think that I had something worthwhile to say. Nothing happened. Nobody knocked the door. I'm still here and they haven't carted me off to the funny farm. It was less terrifying for the second book. The third book will be even easier. And so on, and so on. It's like a muscle getting exercised. The publishing muscle, let's call it. 
it'll be the same with the courses and some of the online work I'll be doing. And it will be the same for you, I promise. If you launch, they won't cart you off. If you publish, they won't take you away. If you release, they will not imprison you. Push the bloody button. Do what you're afraid of now, whilst you're young and you still have all your faculties. One of the few things I'm really certain of is that we are going to die. And we're going to die too soon. Far too soon. When the man with the scythe shows up, there's no begging a few extra minutes out of him. It's over and you're done. So what are you bloody waiting for? Your greatest fear shouldn't be writing the book, starting the business or asking for the date. No! Your greatest fear should be that the clock is ticking. That your life is shortening at an alarming rate. When your time approaches, I want you to look back on your life and marvel at how much you got done in spite of all the adversity and fear. Don't wait until your work's perfect, because it'll never be perfect. Perfection's sterile and produces nothing until it begins to decay. The only person whose consent you need is your own. Give yourself that permission. As for the rest of the world, I'm with the 19th century English scholar Benjamin Jowett who famously said, never retreat, never explain, get it done and let them howl. That's about the most elegant way of saying screw you I've ever heard. Get it done, let them howl. Some people won't like what you wrote. They won't understand your message or your mission. They are not your tribe. Your tribe are waiting for your message. They're your people, and you are called to serve your people and to honour them. How dare you, because you're afraid, deprive them of your wisdom and insight? It doesn't matter what it is you're about to do, your personal life or your business. The secret is to acknowledge the fear, thank it for offering its opinion, and then tell it to take a hike as you march towards your fate. So a great tactic you can use here to defeat the fear is get accountable. Tell someone what you're going to do and when you're going to do it by. Preferably find someone who's going to be a complete pain in the arse if you don't take action. If you can't find an individual, then consider posting your intentions into your social media groups or timelines. Publicly commit yourself to delivering the book or product, opening the business on a certain date. And then make sure you live up to it and deliver on it. That really compels you to take action. Otherwise you are going to look a complete arse. Now, if public accountability is too much for you, you could get personal accountability. Hire a coach, preferably a really expensive coach, to hold you accountable. Your coach's fees should hurt a little, or a lot. They've got to be high enough that you're going to take action or have to resign yourself to the fact that you've just thrown away a boatload of dosh. 
if your coach's fees are too low, then you're going to be tempted to just blow it off and do nothing because you can afford that small loss. My own coach's fees are massive and terrifying. And that's why I'll take the action he advises me to take. At the end of the year, I have to see a return on that investment that is way higher than if I'd invested those thousands of pounds in more rental properties. Americans call this hurting money, don't they? Now, I'm often asked why the fees I charge for coaching are significant. The answer is simply that if my fears are too comfortable for a client, they might just do nothing and absorb the cost. The fees are a spur to action. And let's face it, if you're forking over hundreds of pounds a month to your coach, you're going to want to return on that investment, aren't you? Now, the longer you stall, faff around, hum and ah, the more money you're handing over for nothing. Those coaching fees should hurt. So get yourself a coach and make it hurt. Because if it doesn't hurt, you won't do anything. Occasionally, people inquire about hiring me as their coach and balk at making the commitment to invest in their future. Often they'll say it's too expensive and to a more comfortable arrangement. Now, usually I don't want to work with these people. Not because they're cheapskates, but because I know they won't act on the advice. The money's supposed to hurt. The Americans call it skin in the game. You're going to get scuffed and knocked, aren't you? That's what they call it, hurting money. It's going to hurt you if the cost you'll have to bear for not taking action is big enough. It's going to hurt you. Hurting money is powerful money. Now, if working with a coach isn't your thing, then an unusual idea that I like is consider making a large donation to a charity or an organisation that you despise if you don't meet your deadlines. For instance, if you were against animal cruelty, maybe you'd want to make a contribution to a fur trade organisation. That's the last organisation in the world you'd want to send money to. But if you've committed and perhaps even scheduled a payment to that organisation, maybe that's going to be big enough to drive you and get your ass into gear. Whatever it takes, commit yourself, preferably publicly, financially and irrevocably to action. Whether it's the pull of your mission or the push away from a significant loss, find out what gets you moving. And remember your competition. If you're not taking the action that will give you an edge, spread your message or get you in front of your ideal customers, what about your competitors? Sooner or later, one of you will take that action. And shouldn't that someone be you? As scared as you are right now, I promise you it's mostly illusory. Your twisted imagination has blown up the, all the possible negatives and created a catastrophe in your mind to keep you just the way you are. But staying just the way you are is the last thing you want, isn't it? Life isn't a battle that can be won by playing defensively. It's a series of advances into new territory. 
That's how empires are built and legends are born. Fear can live with everything apart from consistent committed action in the direction of your goals and dreams. Fear is just checking if you're serious and it's eliminating your competition. If you handle the fear, then you handle life. Track down the YouTube clip in which George Lucas's Return of the Jedi, Yoda tells Luke, do or do not. There is no try. I'd put it more bluntly. Just fucking do it. Okay, that's my 10 cents worth on courage. So, you got any strategies, you got any tactics that you use to get you past courage? If you have, I'd love to hear from you. So send them in to me, because I'm here to learn from you guys too. Let me know what caught your ear in this episode, and let me know how you get on putting the ideas to work in your business and in your life. Just send them to me. Info at neilcamado.com or hit me up at www.neilcamado.com or via www.thetutorpodcast.com In the next episode, I'll be talking about something really interesting. But the truth is, I've got that many ideas I haven't actually decided yet. So it's going to be a bit of a surprise for me. And maybe for you too. Till then, remember to subscribe to the Tudor Podcast and you'll get all the updates and more tips to help you to start, grow and love your tutoring business. So join me next time, Neil Camado, for the next episode of the Tudor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.